Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Celestial Somology, where astronomy is viewed through the telescope of biblical prophecy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are your host, Matthew Miller and Joe Musidla. It is good to be with you uh, as we record this on, well, July the 3rd in the evening. Uh, And (laughs) I remember, uh, before we get going too far, let's do this. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads And we bow our hearts before your throne, Father. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this day, Father. Father, I ask that you fill both Brother Matthew and I with your spirit, Father, that we may be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Father. And Father, I ask that you, well, I ask that you bless this time, Father, and I ask that you Anoint the eyes of the listeners and anoint the ears, Father, that they may hear and they may see as we dive into your word, Father. And I ask all these things in your precious Son's name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. <laughs> Let's get cracking here. Um, one of the things I was kind of thinking about and been rolling around in my head uh what got it going was uh there was a recent article uh it was in i believe it was uh, mexico if i'm not mistaken and they received goodness what was it 5 feet of hail which is off the charts um so this got my mind going into job 38 um, and and I'll, I'll read it in the NASB here. I'm going to read Job uh, 38.22 and Job 38.23. Uh, so, have you entered the storehouses of snow, or have you seen the storehouses of hail, which I have reserved for the time of distress, for the day of war and battle? Now, this got my mind going in a lot of different directions. Um, This isn't the first time in the Bible uh, that you see uh, where God has used hail as a punishment. Uh, Numerous verses go into that, but for me, it seems that this is, uh, from my understanding, from what I can see, this this gets my mind going towards uh, Revelation. Um, oh, let me look at it really quick here. I've got a lot of different things pulled up. Uh, 16, I believe it was, it, uh, 21. Revelation 16, 21. And huge hailstones, about 100 pounds each, came down from heaven upon men. And men blaspheme God because of the plague of hail, because its plague was extremely severe. And that's kind of where it got my mind going was towards that. 
Now, uh, with hail, it's uh, with a, uh, a large thunderstorm. It's it's uh, about the uh, updraft and how strong that is, and it what it does is it pulls the uh, moisture from those clouds upwards, and pretty much kind of holds them up there until they begin to freeze, and and they can actually, uh, well, they grow until they. Uh, the updraft can no longer hold them any longer depending on how strong it is and they come down to the ground now they can actually uh, cling one to another growing to very large sizes um so for something of 100 pounds this would be a massive updraft but then it also got my mind thinking of a storehouse and the possibility of what that might look like at 100 pounds, well, then I had to look at the Kuiper Belt, where it is full of rock and ice and basically debris, and with different things coming inbound or moving that inbound, well, that's a possibility as well. But uh, I would like to bring in Matthew and... and uh, <laughs> See what he's got to say. Matthew? Well, we've talked about this as of really recently with uh, work that uh, we've did somewhere or else. I can't remember if it was our show or, or another show, but uh, we both made reference to uh, Europa, of course. Mm -hmm. And the very simple fact, very little known fact, that if it wasn't for Europa's placement in the heavens... It would have just as much water as the Earth. Now, by way of volume, no. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But like the Earth, Europa would quite possibly be nearly completely covered in water. The only thing that keeps it frozen is the simple fact that uh, it is out of the distance, of course, being a moon of Jupiter. So... Ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that if something was to come in, that would drag uh, the ensuing debris that's out there in the Kuiper Belt. Most assuredly, <laughs> it would be ice. No doubt about it. So when you look at it that way, and you realize that not only uh, could we be talking about uh, a celestial scapegoat, but ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing, the most important sign that you've been told about, which is literally a dead ringer, the Lord Jesus Christ told you that when you see this, make no mistakes. Of course, he was talking about the approach of the sign of the Son of Man. The king star. It's the same star no matter where and no matter when you go. The king star is Jupiter. To be very point about this, there is no other king star. doesn't matter where you go. Babylon, uh, Japan, it, it doesn't matter where you go. When you think about this, <clears throat> the simple fact that irregardless of all the unknowns involved. The Lord Jesus Christ told us that the King Star was going to come in. And when that happened, 
you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that that probably means that there's going to be debris out at the distance, well, from Jupiter's orbit. Jupiter's grand tack is a mathematical certainty. It has happened before. Now, with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, you just have to come to grips with this. You just have to realize that, well, if if, Ju if Jupiter does do a grand tack again, and scientifically speaking, that can be the only thing that the Lord Jesus Christ was referring to in a literal sense. If that message he delivered to us was both literal and prophetic, he was talking about Jupiter doing a grand tact, just like mathematically has been proven that it did do. So, where do we go with that? <laughs> uh, if there ever was a storehouse of hail, it would be the Kuiper Belt, no doubt about it. Uh, this, this cloud uh, or debris field, well... That's the thing about Job chapter 38. He comes together and explains to you uh, exactly how clouds are formed. And he does this, make no mistakes about it. He explains to you how clouds are made thousands of years before anyone ever had a remote clue. So with that in mind, <laughs> when you say debris, you're talking about, of course, dirt, dust, and literally, it's the information is delivered in such a way that makes you sit back and think to yourself, well, yeah, that's what a cloud is. Yeah, here on Earth, you have updrafts that create hell as we know it, and that's in the clouds, which are made from dirt as the dust clings together. And, uh, well, yeah, the H2O particulates around dust, that's what creates clouds. Yet on a grander scale, on a grander scale, you most assuredly just described the Kuiper Belt. So, with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I, I hope I hope we've got your attention because we could possibly be talking about the Kuiper Belt. But just take note: if the sign of the Son of Man comes inbound. If Jupiter does, in fact, prove history to be isochronal, like God had himself has stated, especially in Ecclesiastes, then you're in for one wild ride. Because irregardless if you're talking about debris from the Kuiper Belt, anything that would be drug in by Jupiter would be frozen. <laughs> and a uh, hundred pounds? Yeah. Yep. That sounds about right to me. So, Joe, it's 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 amazing to me that you know you you saw this and and of course I I mean it just it it grabs your attention. I mean it really does rattle your cage. And you know a lot of people don't 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 realize that that when you take a look at, at these verses and see what the Lord your God's actually saying, well, debris filled. And clouds being formed by the dust and clawing together, it, it, it's mind-boggling. It's, it's just mind-boggling. Really, it is. So, it's surprising to me that that caught you know, your attention. It, your mind immediately went to Job. But, 
Joe, this was something. I mean, Joe, the cars had lost their buoyancy, and they were floating. There were cars floating in rivers of hail. Rivers of hail. Um, I have to admit, well, it shouldn't surprise anybody that I've never seen anything like that before because under normal circumstances, the only thing that acts such a way, of course, is mud or water. But uh, because under normal circumstances, that type of temperature, you're talking about snow. And yes, you can have an avalanche, but no, it was moving very slowly, very deliberately, and it, it was eerie, Joe. It was absolutely eerie. So, what's your thoughts on 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 how you you seen it? I mean, it was just eerie to me. Um, definitely, definitely eerie. Um, it, it, you know, with with updrafts that strong to produce that much hail, um. It was, you know, I I don't even. It, one of the things that that early on, you know, years and years ago, that really woke me up and rattled my cage uh, was was nine eleven. Um, to me, that always had a supernatural thing about it. I just it just always did, and it just I remember it hitting me on. A level that I was not expecting, uh, witnessing that event, and you know, with this one, it was it was very similar to that same feeling of this was, I would have to say, almost a supernatural event. Um, it it just, yeah, it was eerie for sure. I mean, I don't I don't see how that event could have been mimicked anywhere that I've ever heard of. Uh, and it just it was moving like what well uh, because it wasn't frozen that's the whole point i mean this was i mean the hail would float on top of the water just you know just like you you get a cold uh, glass of water that's got ice in it i mean the ice was floating but uh it was just yeah it, i've it, it was never just eerie i guess is, is the only yeah. way i can put it right absolutely absolutely and you know the 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 you know we've we've had some things pop off here recently we had a uh the was it the volcano in Italy yeah um it has caused uh, i guess uh, more than a little bit of damage but it, it is just eerie to hear the lord your god state such things that verse 23 which I have reserved for time of distress, for the day of war and battle. Um, that just makes you take pause. Absolutely. Um, when you have an event like this, just what well, it it makes you really do think. Because there have been times that I've been caught in hell storms. As a matter of fact, the van that I drive has been pelted. Always basically just enough to really not do too much damage, but of course at times it breaks windows. Um, it can do quite a lot of uh, damage to, uh, of course, the wheat fields and, and other crops. But by and large, no one ever really gets hurt. They just get mad. They they just get upset. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, especially when you're, you know, driving your car, you got nothing to park it under, and then you got dings completely total the vehicle. I mean, it really don't do any a major physical damage, but it will total your vehicle with just little pings everywhere, and it'll just be totaled. And uh, but to see what went on there in in Mexico was just in times when I have been in hell, you know this. Oh, this verse always stings me. You know, I always think about it. What is going on? What is being kept from my eyes? Because mm. the Lord my God says that when you see hail, that has been reserved for times of battle. And you're, biblically speaking, your mind is just catapulted to, of course, Daniel. When this angel shows up says, yeah, actually, uh, God, as soon as you started praying 21 days ago, uh, the Lord gave answer. It's just that the prince of Persia resisted me all this time. And then finally, Michael had to had to get involved. And uh, uh, it, it just your mind catapults to there. There had to have been hail. And it makes you wonder. Mm. Now, look, you know that. Mm. The Bible says that Daniel would go to his window three times a day, right? Right. So it makes you wonder if he was sitting there praying, and all of a sudden, whap, 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 you know, he starts getting hit with a hail. It just makes you wonder. Mm. And it really does, has always made me wonder whenever I've seen and been a part of hail. Uh, it always made me wonder what was going on. Right. So... It's pretty well common knowledge that there is no Mexican government. I mean, it's, and, and that's been the case for a while. Basically, uh, the Al Capones run the show down there. Right. Basically, the cartels, that is the government. I, I, I mean, basically. And everybody knows it. And it's been that way for quite some time. So it really does make you wonder. Um, I know that there's this great march. Uh, uh, that came up through Mexico with trying to get to the United States border. Um, mm. And you know that many prayers must have been going up concerning that. Um, it just makes you wonder if if when they went by or through this city, or even if it, it did go through the city and they, uh, they were harassed or whatever, and uh, you know, somebody cried out and uh, you know, it, it just makes you wonder, because there, there can be no doubt. The Lord our God said, and I'll read it again, which I have reserved for time of distress, for the day of war and of battle. Uh, I mean, there's, there is no dividing what He said. He was in your face, and it really does make you wonder what is going on there, and. Whenever we see and whenever we hear of hell, should we not be praying for our fellow church members there? I mean, I know that's a different way that I usually put it, but I have to try to get people's attention because they just don't care about anything anymore. Yeah. Basically, we're talking about other Christians. I mean, that's who they should be praying about. And you know, me and Ben just had a very uh, – well, he had a very heated conversation toward me. He's very upset, very, very distraught. Oh. Uh, and he just quite simply don't have the time, uh, the availability to do 
any uh, adventures in isochronology uh, here in the near future that, that we can see, but he's very upset that he is afraid that because all the Christians are praying for what they want, you know, they're all praying for uh, for new cars. Well, I mean, it's kind of like the price of the price is right. You know, that, mm. that that's basically what Christians pray for. Now they pray for new cars, and they pray for new uh, dinette sets. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they really do think that God is supposed to be uh, their Bob Barker, right? And uh, Ben is concerned that he's very heated about it, very angry about it that. Uh, the angels don't know what to do because everybody is praying for their own will to be done. So the angels just flat don't know what to do, so they're in stalemate. Now, that was a very interesting way to look at it. And what would happen, I guess? What would have happened that day if Daniel had prayed for his own will? So, but it should get our attention, those of us who do love God, those of us who are called according to his purpose. We should immediately be thinking to ourselves, hey man, we need to pray for the Christians there in that city, which was uh, Guadalajara, right? uh, Yep. So they should probably be the first ones on our plate, right? Absolutely. Or does nobody just flat care anymore? No, and it was the same thing with the... You know, one of the things I really appreciate is the it, within the well, I, I don't know the the ecclesia or the the, the little group that uh, part of. Um, they post all the time different things, and and immediately, you know, if I get online and, and check out, then and yeah, I have plenty to pray for. You know, one one the the people uh, uh, in Italy with the volcanoes. Uh, the fires, the, the the extreme heat. Um, oh my goodness, you know, uh, <laughs> and just just in our, our daily lives, there's there's no end to to situations to to pray for. Um, you know, as far as my finances or a vehicle or anything like that, uh, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. No, that's I'm not worried about that. But you do admit that's what most people pray for, Joe. Amen. Amen. And I'm sure you're able to hear the boom boom of the fireworks in the background, right? Mm-hmm. Now you hear my German shepherd sounding off. Um Yeah. You know, something strange, something very strange. I for one I know a certain great-grandmother who is extremely wealthy, to say the least. And she flat stated that uh, she doesn't want to go to her families because uh, it makes her sick that they spend literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to try to outdo their neighbors. And she uh, said to me that it's gotten to her, and and she thinks they should give the money to the poor, to people who need it. And and, she, and, and I was just shocked because, it, yeah, you're talking about a lot of money. She said that they were just blowing on fireworks. Your thoughts, Joe? Oh, on fireworks? Oh goodness. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've had, I definitely have some uh, friends that will spend uh, obscene. It just blows my mind. Uh, it, it absolutely blows my mind. Um, you know, I, right now I'm me. Oh, I guess I'll say personally, I'm trying to come up with funds to help out two different via two different people with two different vehicles uh, that need some pretty major repairs and they don't have the money to do it. And uh, so we're trying to figure out either just to get rid of them, just to get us get what we can for it and see if we can get them to something else. Or, you know, we've been fortunate enough to be able to give them rides and, and they've been fortunate enough to continue their jobs. But, uh, yeah, fireworks is pretty much uh, the last. Well, it's not even on my mind. Um, I'm I'm just looking forward to getting through tomorrow, and 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 that's about it. Um, well, what strikes me strangely is that she was the first one to say it. Hmm. I've seen hmm. I've seen two other friends out randomly out of the blue say, you know what, we're not gonna do anything for for fourth of job. We're just staying on this year. We're not we're not gonna do anything. And the one really caught me by surprise because she she has grandkids. She has five grandkids. And she at least stated, No, I I don't want nothing to do with fireworks this year. Hmm. So something is catching people wrong. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this would certainly play in to you know, look, look, Joe. Let's let's be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. When Daniel was praying, there was still a remnant left in Israel, correct? Correct. Not everybody was deported, correct? Right. Now, how many rabbis do you think you know, <laughs> or priests, hadn't been deported? And all mm. of a sudden, it starts hailing. Do you realize that? Hail would have immediately triggered those people that were literally weeping and wailing over their family members that had been taken. They would have been fervently praying for them, right? Right. I mean, as soon as they saw hail, they all knew Job, right? Right. And when it immediately got their attention, they would have started praying for those, you know, begging God to at least spare their lives, right? Right. So it just, it just makes you right. wonder why that doesn't do the same thing for us. But of course, we don't think that way, do we? Not anymore. Um, ben was very upset. He said that uh, a child, I guess, drowned in mm. the uh, in the Rio Grande, and uh, you know, I, I guess she had just been to a refused. Entrance, and then she washes up on the beach, and he said that it reminded him of that little uh, Syrian Christian boy that washed up on the beach, and I immediately remembered it because when I posted the picture on Facebook, they marked it offensive, so you couldn't see it. Right. And I was just posting the link from the New York Times, I think, or the Washington Post, and they wouldn't let you see it. And uh, he said it reminded, you know, him of that. And it, and it just and it just makes you wonder that whenever we see hell going on like that, uh, we shouldn't be concerned, you know, that uh, well that their angels are having trouble getting through. You know what I'm saying? 
Right. Absolutely. And uh, it, it just makes you wonder. It just makes you wonder what's going on, what's happening. And I don't know. I don't know, Joe. So what's your personal thoughts? Oh goodness. That's that's a that's <laughs> that's a good question. Um you, you know thinking about all those things it it brings in you know seeing that video just brought in such a, a smack of reality. Um it, it, like I said it was just uh there was just something about it that was just very eerie. Really got me thinking about, of course, Job thirty-eight, and uh, and then it got me, you know, it just got me thinking about all the different mechanics and 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 different things. And but as far as where we're at as a society, especially in the Western world, um, you know, I, you know, I've seen people starting to walk away from some of the mega churches and you know I, I'm not trying to bash anybody or I'm not going to name any names or go after anything like that but I'm seeing some good in in these as these times uh, you know with these hailstorms that that bring about an awareness that just makes you know it, uh, it just sends a shock up your spine when you see it. You can't help but have some sort of deep, deep reaction to it. There, You know that there's just something much greater going on than just, you know, a, a plain old storm or, or whatever, um, or just a bad storm that happens once every 10 years. It's, this is, this is something that's been on a continual basis. That's been, it's been ramping up. You know, just as he described it as birth pangs. And there are those that are starting to pick their heads up and look around and, and examine where they're at. And, uh, well, that's a good thing. And I, I, I think that's exactly what God is orchestrating here. I, I think it's exactly what he's doing is as these, as these birth pangs or as, as these these events grow closer together and increase. Well, that's that's my that's one of my prayers. That's one of my hopes is that we do pick our heads up and that we do look around and and we kind of put down the foolishness, let it go, and uh, realize that we maybe you know even at this time. There's still time to do what's right. There's still time to be what you say. If if you say that you're a Christian, there's still time to be that. Not much, but there's still time. And so that's that's one of my biggest, uh, I guess, one of my biggest prayers right now. Well, that certainly is a beautiful thing. You're you're right, Joe. There's still time to be a Christian. Oh my goodness. Um, what a profound thing to say. You know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, saying that you are just ain't going to cut it. So, let's switch gears here. 
Okay, doke. We have a uh, bit of a uh, special guest uh, bringing my uh, son on here, Aaron. Why don't you give your uh, say hello to everybody? And uh, he's going to talk a little bit about Job 38 in a different light because it is one thing that Joe and I has not discussed yet. And, well, um, it contains... Well, it contains a whole lot more than you perhaps realized before. So, Aaron, you have the mic. Uh, give us your thoughts on Job chapter 38. Hey, guys. It's uh, Aaron Miller. Um, it's, it was a pretty nice day up here in North Dakota. It's, uh, we got a lot of rain, so I'm glad about that. Um, while here in uh, the Job chapter 38, we get another version of the creation story um and uh it's it's it you, you gotta have a really t close attention here okay um it says says who said it's met it says where were you when i laid the foundation of the earth okay so what's a foundation this means the core of the earth correct that's right. I mean, most people would say that you'd have to be talking about, well, at the iron core. That's that's what you'd have to be talking about. That is the foundation. That is the the center point, because this being a sphere, and more importantly, he calls it a gyro. But uh, with that in mind, I mean, you, you can't get away from Isaiah chapter 24. The Greek calls it a gyro. So with that in in, in minor, he, he, he in as much must be saying that, you know, the core... Uh, whatever that might be. I mean, we can't actually go there to prove that it's liquid or that's solid or anything like that, but um, or what it's 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 made of. But he's got to be talking about the core. Joe, would you agree or disagree? Absolutely agree. Um, something uh, about that is, I think, um, I think it is hollow. I think there that that core is some sort of iron shell, and that is where the underworld is. That's where, well, I, knowing the Book of Enoch, it calls it, it calls it cavities. It says there are four cavities, like holes there. And uh, basically, what is the abyss? The abyss basically says that there is no bottom. There is, that's what the Greek means. And... I think it means that you're in the core. You're in the core where, um, uh, well, that's where all gravity is. And so I think I think this foundation is uh, is, is is hollow, and um, well, that's where uh, I, I do I do agree that that's where that's where the uh, um, the ungodly are and where the angels are trapped presently. Well, I mean, for one thing, you must be speaking of such a place because once you get to the center, uh, you can't move before you start, before up is down and down is up, correct? Before you go one, one milla, uh, well, millimeter left or right, east is west and west is east. You're in the center of that gyroscopic mechanism, that, that, that uh well once you're in the center 
if you move, everything becomes, well, topsy-turvy. So there is no bottom once you're in that center. And, and I've stated this many times before. The only thing that makes sense that, that what the key is, is the whole reason why, well, we have seasons in the first place. Because they are stuck in that center because they cannot escape it because it creates an X. Because our north and south magnetic pole is not lined up with the rest of the solar system. More importantly, the sun, the crucible. It's not lined up with that. This creates an X. Now, uh, the sun's uh, magnetic north and south pole, its magnetic gravity well, is directly up and down, parallel to the ecliptic. Ours is inclinated at 23.4 degrees. And that's why there is no... Uh, they're stuck. They're stuck right there in where the X marks the spot. I have forever stated this since I was... I, I think... I wrote my first papers on it when I was 14 or 15. So, but literally, you, you, what you have described is the center of a sphere, that point where if you move it all, up is down, down is up, and east is west, and left is right, and it just is, once you're in the center, you're in the center. There's nowhere you can go. It is bottomless. You can't move. So, Joe, your thoughts. Uh, do you concur with that, or... Not, or do you think uh, Aaron and I have completely lost our minds? Uh, no, my mind was just going about 300 miles an hour there. So, uh, no, that is wow, that is fantastic. Um, <laughs> no, it just it got me thinking about the the angel with the key to the bottomless pit there for a second, and then then. Uh, Different uh, magnetic anomalies as, uh, as far as like the the uh, Bermuda Triangle and, and just different things of that nature. They're just all at once. So uh, I don't really have anything to really add. I don't have anything congealed in my mind. It was just rapid pace going there for a second. So All right. Well, let me bring it to a screeching halt. Yeah, literally the great day of he is sort of the, upon the throne, our gravity well will become aligned with the solar system's gravity well, and yes, it will be unlocked. They will be able to flow right out the pole. They will no longer be caught in the consternation mm -hmm. before a zero degree and a 23.4 degree. They won't be stuck in that that X marks the spot. Uh, those two will line up, and they'll be able to go whoop. At mm -hmm. any rate, they'll be able to just shoot right out the south pole. Um yeah, just to uh, just to uh, solidify your 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 thoughts there, because I know you was wondering. Well, I know Matthew stated before that we're going, he's going to kick us back up to a zero degree axis, with which mm -hmm. is, by the way, uh, God comes out and states a lot of this in the first chapter of Enoch. By the way, uh, <laughs> so, and I was pretty excited, um, not to not to get off topic, but. Uh, Aaron uh, brought home a printed copy today, so we got a hard copy today. I've been looking over, but I had to do some electrical work at home, work on his outlets and stuff like that, to, so he can uh, have more functionability in his room and all that stuff. So, but anyway, that 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 first chapter of Enoch states many of the things I just did, and uh, it's just amazing that that he would bring that up. So, Aaron. Uh, Back to you. 
Do any of you know what a black hole is? I know I've described this to you, but um, Joe, do you know what a black hole is? You know, I, I have a vague notion, but uh, fire away, please. A black hole is scientifically, mathematically, just gravity. All it is is pure gravity. It's And it pulls down into infinity. And basically, it is bottomless. Science, literally, Albert Einstein heard when he, um, when he published one of his books um, about physics, um, a guy who was in the, who was fighting in the in World War II, while he was in the trenches, he had a um, one of Einstein's books, and he wrote um, a, a note and where he drew what a physics proves to be a black hole, but defies physics. It defies the laws of physics. But it makes sense, and it can be proven. And, and in fact, we've we found we have a picture of it of a real black hole now that came out here pretty recently. Um, it goes on forever. It it the way that um, science can understand it, it can't understand it. So, mm-hmm. um, what if I'm not I'm no scientist. But what if the center of our Earth is a miniature black hole and all we are round because all the hard ma- the Lord let all the hard matter form a shell around it. So Whoa. really so really in, instead of pulling inside of the black hole, it sustained itself around in, a, in the form of a shell. Well, basically what you're trying to say is this. <laughs> now, no, no. Take a deep breath, boys. You're talking about a gyro. Okay? What you're saying is... Well, I'm sure that both of you understand that it's very hard to crush a golf ball. Mm-hmm. Or any sphere. Because when you exert opposing pressure on it, that pressure is equally divided out over the entire surface of that said sphere. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people uh, like playing around with eggs. You can do pretty much the same thing with an egg. It's If you assert uh, opposing directional force on that egg, it's, it's nearly impossible to crush. Do you understand what I'm talking about now? The, mm-hmm. the same laws apply to arch bridges. Well... Literally, what you're saying is that, uh, well, there was a foundation, (laughs) a a first layer of a sphere, and then this black hole in the middle could not suck any more. You understand? Because it created a perfect sphere. Mm. So, literally, what Aaron just described makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Because, now, now remember... Well, let's just talk about some of the phraseology used in Joe. You can come here and no further. You see, because once you exert so much pressure, the molecules are permitted by the Lord our God to only come so close to each other. Job uses that phraseology as, you may come here and no further. He says that he sets a 
boundary or a limit, and it can come here and no further. So when you simplify things and, and think about what Aaron just said, that is obviously the case. Right. So uh, back to you, Aaron. Uh, so you've got this this mind. Well, let's come up with this idea that, that we could have an infinite gravity source, gravity well, at the center of every planet or every, uh, well, astral body. Correct? Is, is, is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, but it would have to be very miniature. It, um, it somehow it it would it would be small enough that it wouldn't suck the entire planet in. And uh, well, um, yeah, I guess uh, that. But that would explain why it would be called the abyss. It, it is, um, literally. Um, the the Greek says. In Genesis chapter um, 1, verse uh, 2, it says, The Spirit of God was hovering, the darkness was over the surface of the abyss. The, was, the abyss was here first. Right, you mean the core. What you're trying yes. to say is, is that God was saying it could not go past him. He was hovering over the surface of that abyss, keeping it from being crushed into nothing. Or, more importantly, what you're truly saying is being crushed into another dimension. Literally folding inside of itself, you have your, your two fingers, ladies and gentlemen. Have them go closer and closer and closer together. When they touch, that's the black hole. If it's crushed any further, you take your finger and put them on the opposite side of each other and keep going. You invert matter. You create anti-matter. That is, well, like I just said. You've entered another dimension, so God was right there preventing that from happening. Right there, his, he was over the surface of that deep, preventing it from being crushed, or, like I just pointed out, going and creating another uh, parallel, well, not a parallel, <laughs> an anti-universe. Aaron? There's something I want you guys to know. When your Hebrew um, translations usually... Um, you, you, Hebrew translations of your Bibles, which makes up the majority of them, says deep or deeps. It's usually in Greek, abyss. So, yes, um, when it says the fountains of the great deep were broken up, it says, yes, the water was trapped in the abyss. That was in the abyss. Um, uh, so, uh, that's... Uh, anyway, so... That's what I got to say about that. That's a huge subject. I just stumbled across something that is uh, astounding, which is on another topic. Well, by all means, um, this is your daddy's show. Go for it. Uh, yeah, you can be off topic. Go right ahead. Unless Joe has umbrage with it. Joe, do you mind? <laughs> Absolutely not. Rock and roll, buddy. Well, well um, after it, I'm just going to continue reading from that verse. Who said it's measurements? You, who, since you know, or who stretched out the line on it? Here we go, verse six. And on where, and on what were its bases sunk, or what, or who laid its cornerstone? We know who the cornerstone is. Okay, but notice this. It says, 
the word bases is um, uh, Hebrew um, 134, Eden. Now, it's not the same as Eden as, as the Garden of Eden. It has, its root is 1H113, uh, Adon, same as Adonai. Right, which you're saying Jesus, yeah, yeah, we get it. Yeah, yeah I know. This, yeah, whole, I know. this whole verse is is talking, t- speaking, is very clearly talking about Jesus Christ. This is talking. This is talking about um, when he. Um, uh, we know that he was always with God, but he was always one with God. But when creation was came into place, God as um, uh, Psalms chapter uh, was it, is it chapter two or four that said two or six says um, to this day I, this is my beloved son this day have I I have begotten you which which one which one is that chapter two or six two okay it says this is my son today I've begotten you so there was a day quote unquote when Jesus was begotten. But this is, but he, since he was always eternal with God, that what's talking about is literally the time when he, his little cornerstone was laid. Well, can I add and that? that was, yeah. Um, in, boy, I don't want to say this, but I have to. Masons, okay? And I mean normal brick masons, the people that, never mind. I, Look, ladies and gentlemen, if you go up to old architecture and look at, over a round window or door, you would take note it's very difficult to do that because the weight has to oppose each other, i.e., the block that's at the top of the arch, that is the key. That is where all weight is distributed. That's how that arch stands as it does because all the weight is focaled up to the center of the circle, or the arch. And that's how it's done. Literally, what the Lord your God has been telling you, and what Aaron has been trying to describe, is that this is what God did with a sphere. You understand? Here. Let's go back to the egg, or, or, or the golf ball. A sphere. When you try to crush that, there's only one way to do that, ladies and gentlemen. You, you have to like use a vice or a press. And to do that... You have exact opposite opposing force. Okay? You have exactly opposite opposing force to try to crush that sphere. What God is saying that this gravity (laughs) was going to suck everything in unless that first piece was put into place and then a sphere was built off of that. Do you understand? One literal particle of that sphere had to be laid into foundation first, and then the rest of the molecules of that sphere was built around that center focal point. And ladies and gentlemen, now that i stated that, now you can read verse 7 and understand why the book of Hebrews describes it the way it describes it as, you know, uh, no, uh, Jesus is not an angel, uh, an angel of who of the angels has stated, yada, yada, yada. Well, that, I mean, that entire diatribe in Hebrews is because of the very next verse with which Aaron hasn't read yet. I'll read it. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, 
What did he just state? Christ was that 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 pinnacle, that that block in the top of that arch or the top of that circle on the door, that archway, and all of the other stars found a place around it and created a sphere. Then he let go and it stabilized right there, and the gravity could not collapse it any further because God had set that boundary. Now, this is why uh, the fluttering motion, you know, the uh, Holy Spirit, as many of you have heard described, fluttered or moved over the surface of the waters. What did it just say? And all the sons of God shouted. They made reverberation and enclosed the sea with this door, this 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 mechanism that he created. <laughs> well, maybe I'm maybe I'm going too far. Uh, Aaron, back to you. This is um, this is literally pointing out that um, Jesus was that foundation. Jesus, this is why God's creation was good, because it was built off of Him. This is so. Um, uh, so as you can see, you know. This is this is just I just I just I just found it so intriguing that what it says the bases it all it says it basically says Adonai it says when um well when the Lord was placed and the cornerstone was laid so um the, this is this is the the coming of Christ into our reality, the coming of the pre-incarnate Christ into reality. Well, yeah, and and that makes sense because well, well, I mean, you already read, uh, you know, five and six, but ladies and gentlemen, you know, you you have to understand it. <laughs> Aaron, you just learned this whenever we uh, put the. Uh, put the landscaping blocks around in a circle, didn't we? <laughs> you realized how important it was to know the diameter of your circle before you start laying the block. Right? Listen to what he just said. He just stated that God came up with this dimension first. He said, okay, we're going to have this core, we're going to have this perfect sphere that can endure all this crushing gravity, because it can't crush it on itself. I'm going to give that measurement. Ladies and gentlemen, before you start building, you better know, it just hit everybody, didn't it? You better know the radius of your arch. That's exactly what he just said, just you, you weren't listening. Here, let me read it for you again. Who set its measurements? Look, ladies and gentlemen, this is what God did. He said, okay, I'm going to make the core, uh, let us say... Um, uh, 888 miles in diameter. That's what we're going to make the core. Okay? Let me keep reading. Since you know, or who stretched the line on it, in order to know the proper deflection, you, of course, got to get the diameter, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he just told you. He literally just told you that. You've got to know the dimensions before you take and, and know how to construct the first radii on that first block and lay it perfectly in place. Because, 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know the perfect deflections and angles required to go around in a perfect sphere around any given point, you need to call an engineer and, and make sure you're doing what you're doing correctly. But Aaron literally got hands-on knowledge about this the other day when we went helping one of our uh, elderly friends, uh, who is a Catholic, by the way. Um, we were putting in some landscaping stones. So Aaron got first-hand knowledge about this, about how... And now he understands why I put the chalk on the ground. And at first, I'm sure that my son was really amused, sitting there thinking to himself, why did my daddy buy fluorescent green chalk, and why does he have a tape measure, and why is he going around in a circle in this tree? But now, now he understands why the Lord his God told his daddy that, no, Matthew, you're not going to do all the easy work. I want you to carry the block for Aaron and have Aaron lay the block. And I was like, well, why do I have to get the short end of this stick too, Lord? I mean, he is literally a quarter of my age. Let him do it. No, no, Matthew, you're going to carry the block for Aaron. So I had to lug all the stupid block. But now he knows why. So it's critically important that, that you understand that a lot of times when God is explaining something to you in the Bible... If you've never constructed a a well a landscaping wall or a window or anything else, you you really don't understand what the Lord is saying, and and what He's saying is absolutely wonderful. It's beyond much beyond your comprehension if 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 you've never worked with things like that or uh, delved too deeply into higher mathematics. You don't realize that it's critically important. You know the dimensions before you start laying the cornerstone. Or your arch is going to fall, your bridge is going to collapse. It's critically important that you know what that focal point is going to be because it is into infinity. It's literally a finite point. That is Christ the King. He is the pinnacle. And it's just, when I take a look at this and read it, it's exciting to me because I know exactly what he's talking about. So... Uh, Aaron, I, I concur uh, with what you stated, and uh, it would be apropos for uh, us to get Joe's comments. Joe, your your thoughts. I, you know what's funny is I was, uh, before Aaron started talking, well, it's not funny, but it, it, was, it was my hope that that's what he was going to talk about next, uh, was uh, 38.6. Uh, I was just staring. That was just staring at me and uh, jumped out at me, if you will. And I was so that was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Hey man, good stuff, man. It's really good stuff. Um, let me get your all's takes on this. Now, now we haven't read the entire chapter, but here in twelve, he says, "Have you ever in your life commanded the morning and caused dawn?" He later then speaks of the, not the west, not the south, not the, he speaks of the east wind. He repeatedly here uh, makes reference to this, uh, like, uh, well, um, where is the way to the dwelling of the light and darkness? 
where is its place? Um, he states this several times, uh, you know, verse, uh, verse 24. Where is the way that the light is divided or the east wind scattered on the earth? Here he's literally speaking in the very next verse. Let me go ahead and say it. Who, uh, who have cleft the channel for the flood or the way for the thunderbolt uh, to bring uh, rain, yada, yada, yada. And, and I did mention this before. On a land without people, a desert without a man on it, to satisfy the waste and desolate places and to make seeds of grass sprout. Uh, yada, 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 yada. But uh, look, to me, he, he he's making it pretty clear here. And we all need to realize that on ancient maps, um, for example, uh, my Twitter uh, banner and my Tumblr banner shows a map uh, from um, uh, the 1500s. And there it shows the North Pole because they didn't know exactly what the North Pole was. Uh, they just called it Insula Magnetum, or the Island of Magnets. They thought that up at the North Pole there was this uh, black island. And when you look at maps from the 1500s, um, it's very strange because they show there to be a great big black mountain uh, there at the North Pole, and four land masses around it with four uh, rivers uh, running into it. Uh, it's it's just uh, all over uh, the place uh, back on maps then, and, and, it, and it really does get your attention where you know where to look. Um, it's just absolutely amazing uh, to look at, and I was I thought about putting uh, that up for my next banner, but when you look at it, it makes you think of the Garden of Eden, uh, because it loudly, you know, has these this X where there's four rivers flowing into the middle of it and this black island in the middle uh, denoting uh, you know what they considered must be up there. But this is uh, maps from 1594, 1567, uh, 1531. It's just absolutely amazing to, to look at. What's your thoughts, Joe? Uh, one, that's, that's amazing uh, for the time. Uh, two... Well, I'm looking at <laughs> – there's a lot of information just in this thing. Uh, I'm not sure about the different colors going around it, but uh, one, it kind of reminds me, well, of, of well the foundation stone in the center, but uh, four different chambers, um, and then it looks like they have uh, a degree in the center of it. Or some sort of uh, measurement from from the center going out, but uh, um, I'm dying to see what uh, Aaron's got. Well, Aaron, jump on here now that you're taking a look at, at at one of these maps. Anyway, I mean, like I stated, there's several from the 1500s. Um, you describe that the Book of Enoch has these these four compartments on the interior of the Earth. Take a look at that map. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it makes so much sense. Um, yeah, and here we have we have water going around it, where uh, um, we have uh, the underwater springs coming out from it. 
I mean, it looks to me like they thought it was at, like the top of the Earth or somewhere, but not in inside of the Earth somewhere. Yeah, this is this is crazy. And, I, and then like how Joe mentioned the line there, the radius thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's and that's in this in this chapter when it says you stretch the line in, in on it. Uh, is that verse six? That's right. This look. This no, entire, verse five. This this entire chapter is off the charts, boys and girls. And and most people don't realize that. Yeah, uh, this is a creation story. Uh, this is this is Genesis chapter one, part two. Uh, literally, this is this is a creation. Almost looking from the other side of the window. Um, I don't know how else to describe it, but it is a creation narrative. That's that that is what this chapter is uh, on several different levels. So, you know, it's it's amazing to me that we've we've been on about this chapter for this long and we haven't read it. That's absolutely amazing to me. Uh, we've just pulled out little snippets of it. And, uh, oh my goodness, um, are we way over on time again, Joe? <laughs> we are, are we? Yeah, I think so. It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're way over time again. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, this talks about the imprisonment of the fallen angels here, too. Oh, Lord have mercy. Boy, I was trying to pull out a, a, a quick ending, and <laughs> I guess that ain't going to happen. All right, Aaron, uh, please share which verses are you alluding to and why you think that uh, is the – well, why do you think that's what these verses are saying? Go ahead. you got the mic. Um, Verses 31 to 32. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth a constellation in its season and guide the bear in her satellites? Okay, um, let me put forth my own translations. Pleiades, that is the seven, the seven stars. And the book of Enoch is clear. There are seven fallen angels. And the book of Revelation is clear. The beast of the sea has seven heads. And these are chained, who can bind the chains of the Pleiades. We know where they are chained, um, in the center of the earth. And who can loose the cords of Orion? In Orion, in uh, uh, Aramaic languages, is uh, Nephilim, is a, a Nephil, that is a giant, literally. And he was well known, in, Orion was well known in Greek mythology as a giant. Something as interesting to note, um, uh, I'm going to bring up the uh, Chronicles of Jeremiel, a uh, Jewish text called the uh, uh, Chronicles of Jeremiel. It's uh, and it has a midrash of Shemhazai and Azael or Semyaza and Azael. Um, so here it talks about the fall of the angels in that day, and it says, verse twelve, Shemhazai repented and suspended himself between heaven and earth head bent downward, where he durst not appear before God, and he still hangs between the earth. Um, some other texts point out that this is Orion that he's hanging from. They says that they the Jews believe that um, 
Samyaza hung himself from the constellation Orion. Hmm. Which, ladies and gentlemen, you better figure this out real quick. Orion is the sign of the strike. And opposite of the heavens, directly across from it... Here, let me make myself clear. In Orion is an equinox. Go the other side of the heavens. Guess what? That is the sign of the restrainer, Ophiuchus. And therein lies, yes, an extremity. The greatest distance between the ecliptic and the equator is an Orion. No Ophiuchus, the sign of the strike upon the cheek and the sign of the restrainer. So, <laughs> uh, Joe, your thoughts? Oh, goodness. Uh, let's see. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask Aaron, uh, or you, uh, loose the cords of Orion. Um, you, you talked about that being uh, Nephilim. Um, first thing that comes to my mind is, is a birth cord, and then the other one is, uh, I guess, a genetic strand. Is that, would that be something, I, I don't know why, that's just coming to my melon right there. That's, that's a very good, very good idea. Oh, well, um, yeah. We, we know um, in Daniel it says that the, um, the iron will not cleave to the clay. Mm-hmm. So really, that's the riddle here. Who can loose the cords? Right. You would be saying that. <laughs> well, that's that's saying that in inversion because he's talking about chromosomal cohesion, and he's saying that literally the uh, the angelic spermata would no longer cleave to the human egg, and literally it's an inversion of what well was just stated: the cords of Orion. Uh, Uh, wow! Talk about a hundred and forty-four thousand dollars question, Joe. You just you just didn't pull any punches, did you? <laughs> Not um, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to state that. Um, I will let my okay. son answer of his own accord. But literally, this is just an inverted way of saying the same thing. He's literally saying that a different way. And okay. he's saying that this is reserved, this is my power and mine alone. Now, nobody can understand why we can't, you know, why nature you can't do this, why um, you can't crossbreed species. I mean, we have no idea why, you know, you can't take, uh, let's say, uh, the sperm from a dog and inject it into a cat and it, it cleave. Literally, mm-hmm. God is telling you, that is for me and me alone here. So, uh, pretty interesting, and <laughs> what a bambastic question to just, hey, by the way, let's just, you know what, let's just go full, full throttle conspiratorial here, and let's just drag this into the light. So, anyway, that that's my comments on that statement. Uh, Aaron, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Just, uh, um, and and even still there uh uh on the other side of it being genetic it could be also literal that the that the lord 
uh, loosen the, the the binding of the spirits of the giants to the abyss. They weren't uh, well. They they are they don't they're not trapped in the underworld right now. They're here with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so their their cords are loosened. Hmm. Let's do this. Well, what do you think he meant by and guide the bear out with her satellites? What What's your thoughts on that, Aaron? Well, the word for satellites is suns. It is Ben. It's her suns. So, so what are you saying? Just come out and say it. What What are you saying? Are you saying that this is exactly what God says He's going to do? Here, let's 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 read the verse again. Now, this is God speaking in the literal sense. Can you lead forth constellation in its season and guide the bear with her satellites? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens or fix their rule over the earth? Is this prophecy, Aaron? And if it is prophecy, what is God saying he's going to do? <laughs> or maybe Daddy went a bridge too far. Uh, uh, Aaron, did I lose you, or... I think it's talking about the, uh, the release of the, um, of those trapped in the abyss, because here it says, you lead forth, um, well, the constellation word is Mazaroth, the, the Septuagint transliterates this word, so it says, it identifies this as Maseroth. Maseroth in his time. He leads forth Maseroth in his time and guides the bear with her sons. And the word for bear, well, you could call that anything. It's just this word in Hebrew, ash or aish. But I don't think anybody knows for sure. I'm going to check the Septuagint. The Septuagint says... Well, the Septuagint says, doesn't say, it says the evening star with his rays. The evening star is um, uh, Hesperus. That's what it says in Greek. (laughs) Joe, your thoughts, buddy? (laughs) I I actually... uh... I think I think you I think something sort of short short circuited there. I think my brain's overloaded on this one actually, to be honest. All right. Well um <laughs> uh well you have that sometimes. I mean we have to come to grips with what the Lord our God says. You don't have to like it. Ladies and gentlemen. You don't. You don't have to like it. I mean, you are gonna have a reckoning with he himself, though, I mean Mm-hmm. On his great day, you're you're going to have a reckoning, and then you're going to know. So, you, you know, whenever the Bible says something that, you know, you don't, and especially when, you know, sometimes uh, we switch it over to what you're not used to. You know, you're used to getting this in purely the Hebraic text. Well, that's only half of what God, <laughs> that's only half of what came out of God's mouth. Make no mistakes about it. The Septuagint predates the Masoretic text by how many years? That's right, a thousand. Christ was reading the Septuagint. So, anyway, just 
just sometimes you know you, you get the double down you know you you get this in Hebrew and you're like oh my goodness and then we throw in there what the Greek says and you're like that's too much data well yeah um we're not going to pull this apart certainly not tonight we're way past our time constraints right now it, it, it's just that you just have to come to grips with what God said. And you need to at least read it and, and, and try to, you know, try to, you know, realize that, um, well, he's he's not joking with you. But just, just consider what the Septuagint says next. Aaron, what does verse 33 say in the Septuagint? I'll read Breton's, and it says, And knowest thou the changes of heaven... Or the events that take place under heaven. Tell you what, uh, why don't you read the Thompson? Dost thou know the revolutions of heaven, or the things of earth corresponding to them? Mm. <laughs> Joe, what do you mm. think about those two verses? <laughs> now, it's the same verse. I mean, he read it to you out of two different translations. But, oh my goodness, was that a loaded verse, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's loaded. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, uh... Wow. Yeah, that's... Well, speeding up and slowing down comes to mind. Uh... <laughs> uh, it almost reminds me... Well, I mean, we have different bodies spinning different velocities as well as the well, the arms or the, the galaxy itself spinning at a different velocity as well. So, um, <laughs> it, yeah, it just kind of reminds me of, well, uh, I guess that drag being released, if if that's... Amen, amen, <laughs> amen, oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, you're going to have a Salah moment, ladies and gentlemen. That's not what I say. That's what the Lord thy God says. And please, no one understand this. You're going to have this day when you're going to have a reckoning with him personally. Now, I know most of you have never heard that before. But <laughs> uh, he, he loudly declares it in just multiple, multiple, multiple chapters that you've been told makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Or more importantly, you, you've never even discussed them with a with your teacher or your preacher or pastor or whatever. But God don't have a problem coming right out and telling you. Um, and you know, uh, taking one by the hair of the head. Um, yeah, the Greek for thirty-two is quite interesting. Um, which everybody needs to realize that. Uh, You've heard us talk about this before, uh, that NASA has deducted that there are times uh, when the solar wind uh, reaches a certain, uh, well, uh, exerts a certain pressure that it makes Venus dawn a comet's tail. Um, you can look that up right in the news. Uh, just do Venus comet. You'll see it. You'll see the pictures come right up. Uh, you can go to the NASA documentation. Um, 
but I'm sure all of you have heard me discuss those news articles before. Um, yes, which that's exactly uh, <laughs> what the Greek states here. Um, well, we have gone on just far, and we have literally covered so few of these verses. Um, oh my goodness. Uh <laughs> Uh, just, uh, just the last, no, no, that, that, that is enough. We cannot do any more. We just pushed way past the time. So, wow, this has covered so many aspects, so many, um, things we've covered. Let me get, um, Aaron's closing comments on Job, the 38th chapter. Aaron? Well, definitely very interesting that uh, God really goes through everything that he did um, on a cos cosmological level. It's pretty pretty cool. Uh, I thought it was. And we didn't even get to talking about how it, how to close the sea with doors. However, we're going to try to understand that. Uh, uh, yeah, this was pretty cool talking with you guys. Uh, All right, Joe, your closing comments, please. All right. Uh, first off, uh, absolute honor, uh, to be with you and, and your, uh, be with you, Aaron, and, and, and of course, uh, you as well, Matthew. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> we talked about a lot, uh, in this time and uh well in my mind it i guess there's in several verses there's the puzzle that is face up where you can see the picture and then well maybe this is the reverse side if you were to the puzzle piece still goes together but you're just seeing the opposite side of it um Absolutely mind blowing. Uh, my vote is that uh, I would love to do this again and spend even a little more time in Job, if you guys are up for it. But uh, I absolutely had a blast this evening. All right. Well, we we may do that. We're going to go out in prayer. So, um, Joe, why don't you uh, take us out uh, in prayer and uh, be sure and, well, we need to remember the Christians that were there where this hail took place and and, and anything else that comes to mind. Uh, we had these uh, these Christians around this uh, volcano. Um, we just got all kinds of things going on, Joe, so, so uh, don't forget them. And uh, may the Lord consider them to be of more value than we. And especially their children. Amen? Amen. All right, take us out in prayer, Joe. Oh, yeah. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads and we bow our hearts before your throne, Father. Father, we want to lift those up in prayer, uh, especially those suffering or who have, well, in the midst of catastrophe father those in mexico father those in south africa father that uh are just trying to survive and just trying to hang on right now those that uh in india 
Father, that uh, the weather systems are off the charts, Father. Those that, uh, well, in Italy today, Father, that witnessed an immense amount of power, Father, that, uh, well, they had to flee for their lives, Father. And, Father, you know that I have a hard time even thinking of your innocence being harmed, Father. And so I ask that you you pay special attention to your little ones, Father, that you, well, that you keep watch over them, Father. And uh, I also ask that you watch over Brother Matthew and Brother Aaron and Brother Matthew's entire family, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Even unto, amen, hallelujah. Amen. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.